Hi, welcome to the Mastermind Project podcast. My name is Brian McRae. I'm the founder of the Mastermind Project. And this podcast is intended to help you grow as a leader, to grow in productivity, and also to grow in relationships. Those are the three topics that we will always talk about here at the Mastermind Project. Chances are you're a small business owner or maybe a commissioned sales professional, and you're looking to grow. And we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. And so that's what we're here for. And this podcast is taken from a general session of a portion of our live event. So sit back and enjoy the shared learning experience here of the Mastermind Project. All right. Well, welcome. So how many of you are here for the first time? Just a quick show of hands. Raise them high. Be proud. There we go. See, it's always a good room when, they, when you get claps for being new in the room. So that's, uh, that is awesome. But uh, I just want to say thank you for being here. And um, the purpose of this event has always been to connect people and possibilities. Okay, so when you're looking to the people around you, they've been here. And so connecting people and possibilities. If, you've not he- if you're somebody that's been here for a longer period of time, can you give me an example for the people that are new, the connecting people and possibilities? What, what does that mean to you guys? Connecting people and possibilities, because that's been the mission of this event Love. for 12 years. Love. I love that. Jim? Helping others succeed and reach their goals. Helping others succeed and reach their goals. I love it. Connecting people and possibilities. Life-changing connections. Life-changing connections. Look at that. I love it, Tom. Trandon. Hey, a little more story. Uh, I met Brian. Brian was my coach. He introduced me to Meredith McBell. I got out of, out of debt. So that's... Uh, Connecting people. There you go. By the way, if you're going to clap in this room, clap. All right. Let's give the, let's give him another round of applause. That's better. Guys, uh, that's the point, and that has been the purpose of this event. What you just see, life-changing relationships. That and Trannon, I think you just nailed it. Guys, this is always this event has always been about connecting people, you in the room, with possibilities through a shared learning event. And the cool part is this event has been attracting people who love to learn, they're givers, they wanna make a difference in the lives of other people, and we want to try to give you, we've always been trying to give you strategies and tactics and ways to to do that at this event. So as we wrap up our last event of the year, we're gonna talk about some things in that, and it's really about the, there's four different types of conversation, because I think all of us in this room, again, just show of hands, how many of you want more referrals in your business? All right, and just to make sure we got the right audience here, how many of you are getting most of your business from search engine optimization and internet leads and websites? Just one, good, all right. Hopefully we can help you expand your business, but take a look, most of the business, we're just at at, um, an event the other day and the profession, 68% of their business, even with all the technology that's going on, is still based off of referrals, which is based off relationships. Now, as we talk today, we want to try to help you enhance your relationships. And when, one of the things that I see when I'm working with individuals, and many of you know, and you'll hear some things around this event, it's been going on for 12 years, so there's some um, acronyms, some verbiage that we'll use, but there's a course that we run called Jumpstart. We've been running that here for a while. And we try to help people build a referral-based business through relationships. But when we're, and there's some people that choose some coaching after that, and when they do, one of the things that I typically find out is that they are, their relationships are very much customer focused. Now today, what we're gonna talk about is 
a business focus on relationships. So the context of having conversations is all about building business-to-business -business relationships that become referral partners for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So I know so often as a, as a professional, you have to be competent in what you do. So please know, I am not knocking referrals from clients. Those are awesome. But if you're looking, and it's a great way to, to start a business and to build it, but if you're looking to grow it and scale it, you're gonna need relationships. You're gonna need strategic partners, trusted advisors that you are getting referrals from and providing referrals to. So we're gonna spend some time today specifically around the context of business to building business to business relationships that will help you grow and scale your business. Is that fair? Yes. yes. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> All right. So there's four types of conversations we're gonna walk through today. And uh, we really wanna help you transform your referral partners. We wanna help you transform your referral partners. By the way, one, of the, one question that always gets asked, can you take pictures? You can take pictures of anything that is in here. This event is free. We want you to use this content. We want you to share it with somebody that you care about and help them grow their business as well. That's the intent of this event. All right, but there's four types of conversations. There's restorative, transactional, relational, and referral. And as we go through this, I'm going to try to help you understand some of the things to say and what not to say. And um, we're going to focus a lot on what to say. Okay? So we're going to focus on the positive side of it so that you can actually go out and build some relationships that will actually be referring. All right. So as we get started here, what does restorative mean to you, by the way? Repair. Repair. Maintenance. Maintenance. Bring back. I think that's the yes. Problem solving. Problem solving, yes. So it's fixing and repairing. Now, as it relates to you working, if you get a referral and you're fix and something happens with that referral and you're calling your referral partner and you're fixing and repairing, is that a good thing? No. No, it's not. So we want to try to avoid it. So one of the things that we talk about is making sure you've got good systems in place. So not getting into a business coaching conversation, but if you're having trouble delivering, when you get a referral, if you're having trouble and you're having to fix a lot of problems, go put some systems in place that will help you avert that because if you're not competent in what you do, that's gonna create all kinds of issues. But assuming you're competent and something goes sideways when you've been referred, whether you're a financial advisor and the referral comes from a CPA, whether you're a mortgage, uh, 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 in the mortgage profession and it comes from a, a real estate agent, wherever it's coming from, when you're getting, you always wanna honor your referral partners. But the first thing to do is make sure, one little thing that we always wanna do is we wanna deliver good news fast and bad news faster. So as a, as a referral partner, you're gonna expect that you are made aware of things when they go wrong. And what, some of the things not to say, we don't wanna deflect it. Don't place blame on other people. It's own it. And when we own it, it's taking responsibility for whatever happens. And then what I would say is that every, every challenge is an opportunity to build trust. So when you have something that you are, where you need to have a restorative conversation, I would encourage you to face it with bravery, not try to hide and not try to deflect. So own the problem. And it's always an opportunity to build trust. I'll give you a quick story uh, it, for those, and Don mentioned it earlier. I've been in the mortgage business for over 20 years, been running this event for 12. We don't really talk about what we do in our core competence at this event, but I'm going to use stories in there. And I had an agent uh, that was refinancing a property with us at one point. Guess what happens? On the, uh, what's one thing that has to happen on every mortgage transaction? There's, uh, there we go. Somebody knows an appraisal. 
Exactly. See, it didn't take long for you to guess. Well, guess what happens? The appraisal comes back. Now, this is a refinance. It's not a purchase-based transaction. Um, and the, uh, the real estate agent had a very positive view on what the value of, of the property was. So um, anyway, the transaction or the, uh, the appraisal comes back, and it's not the number that she expected. So we're having a restorative conversation. She was upset. My point to you is it's number one, we called up front and we gave her, gave her the, the news. Now, the truth of the matter is it had virtually no impact on the transaction, actually none. And that was the conversation that we were having, but we wanted to make sure she was aware because she was using it. So my point is elevate your, elevate your language. And in this situation, it was just simply explaining to the agent that this is not going got some bad news for you, didn't come in at what you thought it would be, but the good news is it's not truly going to impact your value. It's only for the transaction. This is a transaction value. So my encouragement to you is to elevate your language. Notice we didn't spend a lot of time talking about, because there was no problem to really solve. We were delivering good news, or we were delivering bad news faster. If nothing would have happened, we'd have just kept moving forward. But it didn't meet expectations. My point is, during the process, Try to use, what you want to say is using elevated language and address the problem up front, okay? So as we talk about things here today, we want to make sure that um, in the restorative, we want to be spending as little time in this arena as possible. And that's why I'm moving to the next slide. <laughs> All right. Because in terms of what not to say, guys, I would just tell you, don't be, when it comes to the restorative conversation, passing on judgment, being defensive will get you absolutely nowhere. Own the problem. As it relates to transactional conversations, this is the one that most professionals um, spend, in, in, in my experience, when I'm talking to other professionals, where they're, when they start to measure where they're spending time in conversation, is they're spending time in transactional conversations. What do I mean by a transactional conversation? You're talking to another a, a referral partner, potential referral partner. Updates. updates, Rachel's got it, it's updates, statistics and you're demonstrating competence, okay? Now I want you to make whatever your industry is, and you come to an event like this, and what, what do people end up talking about usually a lot? Transactional things. Transactional things, here's what I do, and it ends up, now by the way, I'm gonna use mortgage experience from an example, and think about what you end up talking about or what you hear some people talking to you about. They end up talking about what they do, how good their service is, what their fees are, how better they are than someone else. You ever had that happen when you show up at an event like this? Yes. Yeah, I, by the way, just a show of hands, have you ever had it happen to you? Okay, how's it feel? How interesting is it? Boring. Exactly. So, now by the way, you do need to be competent. But when we talk about transactions, my encouragement to you is don't commoditize what you do by talking about the things that are expected. You know, a coach of mine once told me, he says, Brian, if you hire somebody to, if you hire somebody that is going to kill bugs in your house and he's going to spray the house, what do you expect him to do? Kill bugs. Kill bugs. So why would he come in and tell you how good he is at killing bugs? So my, my encouragement is don't commoditize what you do by sinking to that lowest level. My encouragement to you when you're talking transactionally is to systematize. And one of the things that I always encourage when I'm coaching with clients, I was just having this conversation with a client the other day. She was talking about a transaction. She's like, how do, I, how do I actually get, you know, when I want to train someone? I said, well, this, how do you, when you're talking to a client, what do you say? And she started walking through what she did. I said, you've already got a system that you just train them on that. And the cool part is she told me she was solving the problem. 
And I'll give you a quick example. And again, back to the mortgage side of things. When it comes down, we don't get into, we try not to talk about the transactional side of things up front with a referral partner. We try to help them solve problems. We help clients get the mortgage they deserve. We've got a four simple step process to do that. My encouragement to you is be able to explain what you do in systems, not in commodities. Because what happens with a commodity? Cheapest wins. Cheapest wins. Do you want to be the cheapest in town all the time? Is that what you want to build your business on? No. No. What do you want to build your business on? Quality. Trust. Trust. Love it. What else? Quality, expertise. You know, there's really three things that determine value. It's price, time, and service. You probably heard that old analogy. You can, get, you can usually pick two out of three. You usually can't get all three. If you can provide all three, you're really crushing it. But you usually get two of three. If you're having a conversation with a referral partner, if you're just gonna focus in on price, guess what you're gonna, what's gonna happen? You're gonna consistently get referrals that are all based off price. Not a, not a bad way to build a business, just not the most fulfilling way. So my encouragement to you is make sure you're systematizing what you do as a profession. You should have a system of being able to explain it to a transaction, transaction partner. All right, and then when it comes down to it, it's all about what, you're gonna hear this time and time again. It's all about what and how questions. It's all about what and how questions. All right, so give me an example. When you're, talking, when you're talking to someone, what's a good example of a what and how question as it relates to a transaction when you're talking to someone? Bingo, we're gonna talk about this. What are you hoping to accomplish in the process? What else? Anybody else got a question that they're asking someone when a referral partner's talking to them? How long are you gonna be in the house? Exactly, how, it's what and how questions. What are they trying to accomplish? So the what and how questions are huge. And as it relates to a couple of uh, scenarios, one of the things I wanna to talk to you about is, um, you know, we've had a, you know, when somebody calls you and says, what are your rates? By the way, how many of you get that question? What's your price? Yeah. Okay, how do you reply to that? It depends. It depends. <laughs> it's a great question. Fascinating. Exactly. My point to you is it typically is gonna come fascinating, interesting, you can, we can have all kinds of fun things, but it's getting them off of the price and asking them what do you, I love Dawn's question, what are you hoping to accomplish? We had a, an agent recently call and says, what are your rates? It depends. What is your client hoping to accomplish is where we went. It opens up a whole different conversation rather than being a commodity. All right. Um, guys, I'll give you a quick, uh, here, here's an example. Um, and again, this is all based off of, there's a lot of mortgage context here because I work with a, a, a group of incredibly competent loan officers. But we had, uh, was working with a, a one of our partners called us and said, um, you know, was asking some transactional questions. She says, I got a referral for you, uh, but they're wanting to know what rates are and, you know, what's the pro, you know, it got into all kinds of questions. And I said, I just said, Cheryl, if you don't mind me asking, what's your client hoping to accomplish? Now, how many in, in, have real estate affinity here? You're somewhere in the real estate industry, okay? Got a client, saw a house, and if you see a house that you like these days, what needs to happen? Move quickly, yes, move fast. Um, so anyway, my point is, she, um, she said, um, I've got a client who 
just told me they can't stop thinking about this house. And they're wanting to know, and she was asking me some questions about rates, so I'm calling around asking about rates. Where do you think this conversation's going? Nowhere. Nowhere. It's not going anywhere. So we had a conversation with the, with the referral partner. And again, please know, I've got industry-specific analogies, but I want you to be thinking about how you handle this as it relates to transactional. We just simply got her involved in a conversation, and we asked her, we said, what's your client hoping to accomplish? She can't stop thinking about this house and she wants to make an offer. I said, great, how can we help? Again, a how question, how can we help? My point is, with this, it was getting into a conversation from transactional, and then we were trying to move into a referral conversation. I'm gonna to touch base on that as we move forward here, because the key is, again, to keep them engaged in helping you build a, a referral partner long-term. All right, so here are some examples of some what and how questions. Does this slide look familiar, by the way? That is from last month, yes. How many of you were here for Don Baumgartner's presentation on Never Split the Difference? Raise your hand. How many of you enjoyed it? How many of you loved it? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say, it was awesome. Higher, higher, higher. <laughs> so yes, this slide right here is a phenomenal. Notice what's on here on every one of these. How and what? Guys, if you don't have a port, by the way, I would encourage you, if you're taking a picture, you're on the first step of building a portfolio of quality questions. If you elevate your questions, you will elevate your results. Elevate your questions, elevate your results. So you're more than welcome to take a picture of this. Um, much of this has come from the content, um, which by the way, we've got the book up here, Never Split the Difference. But um, in that book, he talks about what and how questions are calibrated questions. They get you more information when you're in a transactional conversation so that you can provide more value. All right, anybody have any up here that kind of ring with them that they could see themselves using in terms of a what or a how question when you're in a transactional conversation? Michael. How can Kingdom Financial add the most value before our next meeting? How many of you would like your financial advisor to be asking you that? Yeah. Guys, here's real simple. You don't have to use any of this stuff. This is like a one degree difference, but guess what one degree can do for you if you're asking the right questions? It can increase your business. Anybody seen the, the video 212 degrees? By the way, what happens with, uh, what happens with water at 211 degrees? It's hot, it'll burn you. Depends on what elevation. Depends on what elevation. By the way, that was a what, what elevation? Yes, at sea level. At 212, it boils. And what can you do with boiling water? Cook. You can cook with 211, by the way. At 212, water starts to boil, which creates what? Steam. Which is energy. And what can that energy do? Exactly, it can eat a house, it can move a locomotive, it can do all kinds of things, just one degree. Think about the questions that you could be asking that could do the same thing in your transactional conversations. Now, by the way, we're just talking about restorative and transactional, because when we go back to these, if you remember, there was four quadrants. So restorative and transactional, they were above the line. So they're above the line. If you're spending time here, 
and this is where the most of your conversations are happening with your referral partners, especially if you can get into this, I think you're gonna get better results. But as we move forward, using this information is really designed to open up the door to the next two types of conversations. And let's talk about those. Um, all right, um, so this is relational. The definition of, uh, is essentially it's referral partner focused. Now, how many of you guys have strong referral partners in your business right now? Okay, raise them high, okay? And if you don't, I'm just gonna encourage you. What, let me ask you this, what is a referral partner worth to your business? Not, a, not the customer, by the way, we all have seen studies, you probably all have studies, you know, depending on Dan, how often does somebody, what's, a, what's the value of a customer in your business? About $1,000, okay? What's the value of a referral partner that's referring you time and time again every year? Thousands, thousands. Now, if you didn't raise your hand about having strategic partners, the business to business side of it, if you think about it. Yeah, Jake Hammond used to, has been, he gave us, he said, Brian, he says, I got a choice. I can go after oranges or I can go after orange trees. And what we're trying to do is help you get an entire, imagine having an orchard of orange trees that are referring you on a consistent basis. So when you understand the value of a referral partner, a strategic partner in your business, then it will help. So these relational conversations, and these right here are what this room has been about for the past 12 years. It's these relational conversations. All right, one of the keys in any relational conversation? How many of you have been involved in the opposite of this? Yeah, so be more interested and less interesting. What does that mean to you guys? Listen. Listen, okay. Quality Asking quality questions. I saw your eyebrows raised. I don't know what that, I don't know if that's like you wanted to say something or they're like, uh, I've been in the, I've been in the opposite of that. I don't know. Was there any? I, I've been in the opposite of that. And how did it feel? Um, it was about them and not me. It was about them and not me. Guys, if you want to build relationships that produce referrals, it's all about making it about them. Making them feel special. You guys have heard the old analogy from Maya Angelou. People forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. feel. Guys, this is where using, again, Dan mentioned it, we'll talk about questions, using curiosity. I believe, I believe that you can build a business around gratitude, curiosity, and generosity. And curiosity being at the center of that is one of the keys. So be more interested, and it's just using great questions. So, Dan, you must have put the presentation together, asking quality questions. So, here's an acronym. If you're new to this, we don't want you to be new to it forever. We want to help you implement and take, and take strides in building relationships. Anybody know what FORD stands for? Family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. Dreams and aspirations. So, all right. How many of you have some good questions? Anybody been in a, in a conversation with someone else where they focused in on, how's your family doing? How's things at work? John, I know John has. John actually is always involved in them. He's the one running it. So, but what are some good questions that you're asking around family, occupation, recreation, and dreams? Come on. David. 
sometimes I just jump straight to that, especially if they're like a friend. But oftentimes, so I've got a, I kind of just tell yes. story. So I got a, I got a friend of mine who is uh, an anesthesiologist assistant, right? Um, went to school for a very long time, pretty much enjoys what he does, makes good money. Uh, but I said, what are your dreams, dude? What are your dreams? And he's like, uh, he told me, he's like, I would love to run my own like sports complex. Totally like not in what his profession, what he does. But it's one of those things that like, that's a dream of his. And especially with people who want to give like in this room, my mind started to go to who do I introduce him to that just like makes this thing 1% more of a reality than it is. Um, something that he, it's a dream, right? That he doesn't think about it being a, a real thing. It's like, if you weren't, my question though is, if you weren't doing right. what you're currently doing. Absolutely. What would, what would be your dream thing that you'd be running doing if it was like kind of hypothetically, right? And that just opens people's minds to the creativity and gets to the heart of what they really value. David, that's nice. Good stuff. All right. Anybody else? John. Well, family. Family to me is the most important thing in my life. So when I am talking to somebody, it's a matter of what are they doing to memorialize what their family, what their kids are doing right. so that they can show it. What I did was this. We used to take pictures, movies of our kids as they were growing up. Mm-hmm. Now I've got great grandkids and great grandkids. Uh, you age, and they are looking at the pictures and saying, my God, Dad wouldn't let us do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So family is important. And John, by the way, when you've got, uh, I think it's great, great grandkids, you've got quite the legacy. And I'm glad you, you focus in on family. So that is, uh, that's amazing. Um, Trannon, you had something? Nick today, and after we talked about what we do, I just asked him what are his, his hobbies. And in the midst of there, Nick pulls out his phone and shows me some things, and you know, that, that's not, because one, hobbies can go into family, so that's what I do. Where's Nick at? Nick, raise your hand. Nick, did, uh, did Trannon talk to you at all about his profession? Uh, he did, I can't quite say I was that the primary part of it, though? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. So my point to you is, guys, you become more interesting when you're asking those questions. Does that make sense? So I know, by the way, I know this is, here's my question for you. How many of you know some of this stuff already? How many of you are doing it consistently? Guys, we got to close the no-do gap. That's implementation. So as we're talking about this, there's people in the room that are executing some of this stuff at a very high level. And we're gonna talk about it even further as we get going in here. But around recreation and dreams is good, family's good. But when we get into the occupation, I'm gonna give you guys a couple of things. Some ways to elevate your occupational questions. So these are ones that you can modify. We use these with, um, with our strategic partners. And these have worked incredibly well. So elevate your occupational questions. All right. I love this one because when I'm meeting with somebody or having a conversation with someone who could refer me time and time again in whatever profession I'm in, I love this question. 
Where are you seeing the most success right now? Why do I want to know that? Maybe copy it. I like it. Well, if you're in a job that relates to what they're seeing success in, then you can... Yes. So exactly, it gives us a, one of the things that has been really useful, if you want to start to scale your business, asking this question and getting into, in, into stories about what's working in people's business, what do you become? What do you become? Interesting, interesting potentially. Interested. interested. You're, well, first of all, you're showing you're interested. A resource. You be, Jim hit it. You're going to become, I want you to write this down. The more times you ask that, so we're in the mortgage business, financial advisors, CPAs, real estate agents. If I ask enough financial advisors what's working best in their business right now, and if I get two or three answers, do I have information that might be useful to the next financial advisor that I might talk to? Yes. Exactly. You guys, when you start to ask this question, you're, you're showing that you're interested and you become a, a knowledge broker for others in that profession that you might be able to help. So when you're asking this question, it, it helps tremendously. And people love talking about the successes that they're having. They love it. So what are you seeing most right now? And by the way, these questions are adapted from, um, there's an individual that I know, his name is uh, Jeremy Forcier. He's one of the top mortgage professionals in the country. Um, I've talked to Jeremy a couple times, but uh, I'm pulling, pulling these and adapting these, and I've used these in time and time again. He uses them with real estate agents specifically, but they work in any industry. What's the biggest challenge in your business or with your market right now? Again, you want to come across as interesting. When you can get somebody to open up, because we're, you know, I know the room has got a lot of focus on real estate, um, but there's other professions here. But um, there's two, two types of real estate, physical and mental. Which one do you want? Mental. I want the mental. The mental can pay exponential. I want people to know, like, and trust. So these questions will help you build that know, like, and trust factor exponentially. So uh, what is your biggest challenge in your business with the mar or in your business or with your market right now? And then here's another question. How many families? Most of the individuals in here are probably serving families. Are you business? Most people in here business to consumer or business to business? Consumer. How many of you are selling your service primarily is sold to consumers directly? Raise your hand. Okay, good. So, all right, how many families? So you're typically using, you're typically serving families. It's another, why do you ask this question? It's a goal question. It's a goal question. It's another way of asking, you know, what their goals are. All right. I love this question. When you're talking to strategic partners or potential strategic partners, anybody had a, well, why do we ask this question? What are the three non-negotiables in your relationships? Identify their values. What are their values? How many of you got a referral partner that you're perfectly matched with that refers you time and time again? Okay, guys, we, that, right there's why we wanted, that's why we're having this conversation, yeah. So we want, to, we want you all to have a situation. I, guys, I shared with you back in um, several months ago, I talked about a financial advisor, his name's Kevin. Kevin and I, I met him early on, our values aligned, our business practices aligned. Guys, because right there, there, was a sim, there were similar values all, over, all the way around. 
If you can find someone, and by the way, here's the other part. It's a qualifying question. How many of you like spending time with strategic partners or referral partners that waste your time, waste your energy, both mental and physical? No. Nobody. This is a great way to, when you're having a conversation with somebody, and if you've been, been through Jump, how many of you have been through Jumpstart? Just a quick show of hands. Awesome. Okay, so you're going through your, your, your potential champions and you're having a conversation like this. Guys, it's a great way to determine whether or not you're going to have an ideal fit. Okay. And if you could change anything about the mortgage process. Now, by the way, this is the one specifically to mortgage. But if you could change anything about the who's, uh, real estate process, what would it be? If you could change anything about what, what's your, what other industries do we have in here? Taxes. Okay. If you could change anything, why are you asking that, pro why are you asking that question? Find out possibly what you could do better. Exactly. It's a it indicates what pain points they're having if they are referring your service out or have in the past. So if you're a financial advisor and you're talking to a mortgage professional or a CPA, you know, what part of the financial planning process would you change, if anything? What you're trying to do is figure out, hey, when I've, if I'm a CPA and I sent somebody to you, to somebody in the past, I didn't ever heard from them. Or it took too long to, to, you know, to transfer their accounts. Or there was a problem with it. It always leads to something which is going to tell you a pain point that they've had that you want to solve for them. Okay? All right. Is that useful? Yes. All right. How many of you taken, I see a lot of notes going on. So, but I also, what's, what's been most useful for you so far? For the the questions, what, like, questions like what? What's a question that you're really excited about? Number one, where are you seeing the most success? Right where are you seeing the most success? Okay, I see, some, I see some heads shaking. Good, what else has been useful so far? I'll add, um, I actually use the second question a lot when I'm talking to people because it brings that pain point in and it just helps them and then it helps me find a solution for that. Faster, mm -hmm. faster. faster. I love that. Thank you for sharing. It makes it a quality conversation. It's a completely different conversation. That's right. I rerun a conversation I had a week ago, and I'm like, oh, I didn't ask these. I didn't ask, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then I got some people might be, yes? I do want to say with the second question, a lot of times if you're just meeting somebody or you're early on in your stages of networking, a lot of people don't want to give you their biggest challenge. They, you know, they're a little bit more guarded, so you have to be... Judicious yeah, absolutely. There is a bonding and rapport that needs to occur. There's no question. But um, my, my, a couple things. Number one that I would say. Number one, there is a, play, a time and a place. But there's also making sure that you have the tool and know when to use the tool. And that's what questions are. So I love that. Bonding and rapport, absolutely. You don't, you know, it's kind of difficult to walk up to Carrick right now and say, hey, by the way, nice to meet you. What's your biggest challenge? So I totally agree. But in a conversation, as we're working through it, what we're trying to do is help accelerate the relationship building process. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help you come up with a system or a process for building these relationships that will actually produce results. All right. Anything else that's been useful so far? John. I love the third question on how many families do you want to serve this year? Um, we're here to help, right? Yeah. So when you're talking about serving families, I think that adds some personal relationship feelings to the question. Not 
how, how, what are you going to sell this year? What's your goal? What's your number? How many deals are you going to do? Yeah, but it's, it's personal. How many families? And I would encourage you that, um, so John, I think it's another way. You've heard me use the word elevate quite a bit today. I would encourage us as professionals, elevate. If you want to build referral partners time and time again, elevate your language, whether it's in a restorative conversation, transactional conversation, or relational one. Try to elevate your language because words matter. The words you use will matter and make a difference on how people perceive you. All right. Referral conversations. This is probably my favorite one. Actually, it is my favorite one. <laughs> it is my favorite one. Actually, it's the one um, I love all of, I, well, I really like the relational one. Those when you're getting in, you know, for those of you who've been through Jumpstart and you see the connection day, I love the relational questions. That's a perfect place in a one-to-one -one to spend some time there. But the intent is, one of the things that's been incredibly useful is mastering the referral conversation. Because I see it all the time when we're in a referral-based business, and you know, a mentor of mine uh, once said, Brian, hope is a wonderful thing, but it's a horrible business strategy. And so, and by the way, some of you, and whether you're in, in mortgage or whether you're in real estate, you look at a list of people and you hope they will use you. You hope they will buy from you. You hope that they will refer you. Guys, hope is awesome. It's awesome. It's just not gonna help you in business. It's not, it's not the best strategy. So taking, so what I want you to do is imagine, we're talking about building referral partners. We want to help you in a referral partner transformation. So I want you to be thinking, we just talked about it. Dan said, you know, his average client is worth $1,000. Your, your best referral partner last year referred you how many clients? Best referral, 30. 30. He's got one relationship that's been, that worth, is worth upwards of $30,000. Imagine, we are just one relationship away from scaling our business. What if it could be two? What if it could be three? This referral partner transformation side of things, having referral conversations is a game changer. Because what I see all the time from professionals who wanna build a referral-based business is that they show up at events like this, they meet somebody, and if they take the next step and put them in the database, then they've got hope. But guess what? Does hope pay the bills? No, skills pay the bill, bills. So as we go into this, this referral conversation, and whatever industry you're in, if you can have business-to-business -business relationships that are referring you. You know, if you're in real estate, you know, could it be a CPA? Could it be a financial advisor? Could it be a mortgage person? Could it, what, are the, what, are the, what are the other professions that could refer your services that come across? If you're in financial services, who are they? You know, think a look, take a look at the shoulder industries and start to build up a portfolio of people that you can talk to, and then you have referral conversations. So you guys comfortable talking about this one for a bit? All right. So as we get walking through this, maybe. There we go. All right, definition, authentic qualifying conversation. What's probably, let's go here, let's undo that one. All right, what's the key word in that first, what's the key word for you in the first? Authentic. authentic, I love how people pull out certain things. Authentic, I love authentic. What's the second word? Qualifying. qualifying. How many of you are having qualifying questions with 
potential champ, people who could refer you. Mike is, because he knows how. Um, but if we can have qualifying questions, because if you've got 10 potential people who could refer you in your database, and you hope that they will, how do you know that they will? It's always about a hope, unless you've got a strategy, and that's the purpose of um, studying and getting quality questions around the referral conversation and maximizing this one. All right, so referral conversations. Um, what do I mean by direct versus indirect? Direct is right between the eyes. Right between the eyes. What's an example of a referral conversation that is direct? Do you want to be my referral partner and me be your referral partner? That's pretty direct. <laughs> Today. 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. How's that working, Potter? Not good. <laughs> Not good. We only got one out of this whole crowd. Exactly. All right. So what's an indirect ask? Open-ended. Open-ended. Colette. It is. It's open-ended. When you ask somebody directly, what does it do? Do you have a referral for me? Do you know somebody I should be talking? By the way, I'm not knocking them. It, they're awesome. You can build a business around direct asks. Okay, but the indirect ask, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, has been one of the, the pillars of building, at least when I was growing my business, and I'm, I'm in a branch manager role right now, so I, I'm not a producing mortgage loan officer any longer, but when I was growing my practice, I was running across potential champions, financial advisors, CPAs, and I was trying to have conversations. I never was comfortable doing a direct ask. Does anybody like directly asking for referrals? Let's just do a quick survey. How many of you like directly asking for referrals. Okay, one. That's good, all right, by the way, it, now, let me ask you this. How many of you like being directly asked for referrals? No one? Not a single person, okay, one. You like being asked, okay, so my, who do you know that needs a mortgage right now? Okay. There's the, by the way, it's just a case in point. We've accelerated. I'm not knocking it because direct ask can work. But what happens when somebody gets directly asked for a referral? How do you feel? And you can't answer positively. Uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. So here's what I know about the direct ask. I've been doing this for a long time. The sales professional is uncomfortable asking, and the person getting asked is uncomfortable. Every... It's, yes, it's finite. Okay, move, on. move on, next. There's no relationship. It's completely, direct is usually transactional. Indirect is usually relational. Okay, so we'll talk about that, but it's again, finding a question that works for you. So when we get into these referral conversations, the point is you've got a list of people who could be referring you. We talk about your inventory of relational assets. You've got a list of people. Nancy, I know you're building yours, so but you've got a list of people who could refer you. And by the way, this is in addition to, uh, there's gonna be clients on there, but we're talking the business to business side of things. So being able to ask, uh, indirectly ask, because in that situation where we just did, you know, just an informal survey, one person liked a direct ask. By the way, there's probably some more. You've been, we've been taught that. But the indirect ask rarely gets taught. But what we did find in this informal survey one, most of you don't like to direct ask. And number two, you definitely don't like to be asked directly. What did Maya Angelou say? People will forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but they will never forget how you 
made them feel. If I ask somebody directly and they can't answer in the affirmative, they'd probably feel a little awkward. It's not a great relationship builder. Does that make sense? Yeah. You with me? Yeah. All right. Uh, what does a great introduction look like for you? There's an indirect ask. There's a way to get into conversation with some individuals. Love that one. How do you like to be referred? Is a great referral. Now, I'm asking this of potential referral partners. Indirect asks, great ways to start to connect with people because guess what you're gonna find out? When you ask these questions, what do you find out? You find out what they're looking for. Find out what they're looking for. Yeah. Orlando, you look like the wheels are spinning. Always, Always. He's, got, he's got a whole page of notes. Um, when you see that, what, uh, how do you like to be referred, if you don't mind me asking? Introduction. Introductions, good. So what we wanna do is get in, when we're having these conversations with individuals, how do you like to be introduced? How do you like to be referred? What do I wanna know? Let me ask you this, just to show, if, how many knows how they like to be referred? Okay, give me an example. How do you like to be referred? Generally, I like to be like attached to the same message with someone so that way we can like all get to be communicative together and they can do it that way. I think that's really smooth. Yeah, awesome, get, the, get, a, get an introduction, make a connection. Okay, anybody else? How do you like to be referred? Tom. I have a client that I told about you and I'd like to have you call them. How many of you would like that? I would strongly encourage you to raise your hand, why? <laughs> the ball's in your court. Tom's an expert at this, the ball is in your court. We just had a conversation with a referral partner the other day. I was mentioning Cheryl, um, and I'll tie this in. She called, she had a client who absolutely wanted the house. She said, I gave you their name, I gave your number to them. I said, Cheryl, what, are you hoping, what would you like me to accomplish at this point? She goes, well, I want you to wait for them to call. <laughs> okay, I said, Cheryl, permission to be direct. Now, by the way, there's a thing called humble boldness. I said, and I said, Cheryl, with humble boldness, might I ask you some questions? What if they don't? She says, I don't know. I said, you just said she can't stop thinking about this house. Do you want to help the client? She said, yes. I said, please know. And there's, please take this phrase, you can use it. We're always happy to reach out if given permission. We're always happy to reach out if given permission. Guess what she said? She goes, no, well, I told him to call. I said, Cheryl, what would you like me to do until then? She's like, I don't know. I said, Cheryl, is there any reason you wouldn't like us to reach out if we were given permission? Guess what it was? She just hadn't been taught how to do it. If you can start teaching your referral partners how to refer the way you like to be referred, It'll change, it'll be a game changer. Now one little side tip on referral conversations. Be the person who gives referrals in the manner you'd like to receive them. By the way, I see some of you writing that down. Ask yourself, if you want more referrals, give them in the manner you'd like to receive them. And as it comes to that, please know, it's not always a one-to-one. -one. I can't, we're in a profession that the upstream, upstream is really hard. 
But when it comes in, if I can master the way of giving referrals and the way I'd like to receive them to downstream partners, it changes. You become an expert at giving referrals and you can train your upstream referral partners on how to refer. Does that make any sense? Yes. We have to be able to train our clients and so if you can master that process of training your clients and your referral partners how to do it, it will help you tremendously. All right. So referral conversations, um, guys, here's the one, and I'm gonna share this with you. This is the game changer for me. You guys all know what this is. How many of you have been through Jumpstart? Okay, how many of you know what, uh, how many of you have a green light question that you're comfortable sharing here in the room? Nancy, you just went through, let me hear it. Okay, good, there's a form of the green light question. Indirect ask, anybody else got their green light question? Go ahead, Potter. Do you love your homeowner's insurance agent? Okay, that's not the green light question, but I like that, I like that. <laughs> Who else has been through Jumpstart and has their green light question that they want to share? Oh, Swing away. If you were talking to family or friends about their health insurance, who would you recommend that they um, talk to? Okay, good. Guys, the green light question is real simple, and those are all great, keep working on them, but. Just out of curiosity, if you had a friend or a family member that was looking to do X or Y, just out of curiosity, who would you recommend they call first? That question right there will absolutely change the game in your business. I promise you, you can ask clients, you can ask potential referral partners, you can even go back and get testimonials with your previous um, trusted advisors, the, the champions and ambassadors that you have in your business. Trandon. That's a great question for Facebook too. Is you can drum up a lot of people coming to your posts because they're going to tag a ton of people in there, and I'm all over social media anyway. So like I, I love engaging questions, and so I was about Let to go there now, but I have one percent battery. So <laughs> <laughs> take a picture. So use the uh, here. I'll put the green light back up there. You want to use it? Yeah. All right. So those are the four types of conversations that you can have. You can have a restorative one, you can have a transactional conversation, and you can also move into the re relational and referral. Is that useful for you? Yeah. We're trying to help you transform your referral partners. We want, to, we want to help you grow the referral partner business that you have. So that's the purpose of this. So if you found that useful, um, again, let's go through. What was most useful for you? We're gonna mastermind this for just a second. Ford. Yeah, really good. good. Thank Bob Berg for that one. Okay. <clears throat> Matthew. Oop, I'll come right back, Nathan. Matt. So on the, the earlier questions, it was uh, the idea was to be uh, interested, right? And the question was, what are three things that are non-negotiable in your relationships? So that's an opportunity both to be interested, and it's also a qualifying question. I think when we start out, everybody wants to, I'll build a relationship with anybody that will refer me any business. But then you get to the point where you want to start qualifying people. You want to do business with people that will refer you and have the same business values as you. So I think that knocks out two birds with one stone. Yeah. By the way, that's the, the green light question I could go on and on. We just did, um, we had an ultimate referral conversation workshop. By the way, was there anybody that went through that? The yeah, I know we had some, good, yes. Was it useful for you? Good. Yes. You know I struggle with the green light question, though. That's all right. What? Uh, but I also think that, you know, if you could, touching into their pain points, 
I think is really important because it's it's an easy fix and you know if you can fix their pain point that that really solidifies that trust and and you're a solution provider yeah perfect awesome all right so just going back to it so Matt great it's a qualifying question um, it's going to tell you who to spend time with um, so that's awesome all right anything else that was useful for you I've always thought about who I want to refer to in business, but never the reverse of who in business do I want to refer to me. Like, mostly I think of clients, cause, you know, the people I'm actually going to work with, but not who in business. So, Colette, lots of notes to on today. Colette, by the way, you are, I, I've gotten to know you over the years. You are completely customer-focused. You get a lot of client referrals. It's awesome. I never a, thought about the business side of it. Like who to get in the that I hope is a light bulb moment for yeah, you because if you can find one ambassador for your business, like Dan, that's referring you 10 times a year, what would that be worth? And that's the key concept of everything we're talking here. So we're gonna, we've tried to help you over the years here. We wanna help you start and, and build your business, but we wanna help you grow it and scale it. That's the entire purpose of what we've been doing at this event, trying to help givers Build, grow, and scale a business. All right. Anything else that's useful? We've got time for one more. Brian. Yes. I, I really liked uh, between now and our next meeting, what can we do to provide the most value for you? That's awesome. That was awesome. Yep, that is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. See? All right. And that's what I love about this room. It is a collaborative room, not a competitive room. There's Mike sharing one of his best questions, and he's got a competitor that's going to start. And, but he's collaborating. By the way, it's, it's abundance. Any chance you two are going to run across the same client? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, yeah, so it doesn't matter. So you two need to meet. So, all right. So here's what I want to do. Um, we're going to transition here and move into a couple other things here. Um, so we talked about the meaningful conversations. All right. What is this month? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. What's another word for thanks? Gratitude. gratitude. Yes, being thankful. So I love this. Um, Cicero said, gratitude is not only the greatest of all virtues, but the parent of all others. So what does that mean to you? I, I see our... Orlando is taking a picture, so it's a good one. What does that mean to you? Start with gratitude first. Guys, if you've been through, we talk about this. Gratitude has been, it's, it's a core value for us on our team, but it's also been a core value around here. How many of you are doing your 321 journal? Look at that. What's the first, what's the three stand for? Th write down three things you are grateful for every day. Three new things. Why? Completely reframes your mind. Studies have shown, and by the way, it took, it took a couple thousand years, but finally somebody did a study and um, came up and found out that gratitude. Nurses were studied over about a 40-year period, and the ones that were, were practicing gratitude on a consistent basis lived longer, they were happier, they were more productive. Gratitude is a virtue that is... The, as Cicero said, the parent of all others. Mm -hmm. So what are some things as we spend some time here in this month that, uh, that you would be grateful for? By the way, this is a mastermind event. That means you can raise your hand and you can talk. What are you grateful for? I'll get 
It's okay. Family. Family? Okay. What about your family? Well, I'm grateful we're all healthy because that's not a given for us. Um, I'm grateful we get along together. We have a good relationship. So the work we have put into our kids has paid off. Uh, we're not one of those families where people don't talk. That is something to be grateful yeah. for. Yeah. Good. Yes. Yes. Holding you capable. Capable Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's good. Awesome. Jim. Uh, three relationships in this room. Coffrin, the Wigs, and you. You the mostly because going through Jumpstart, um, you challenged me to write a letter that was life-changing to me, and for that I will always be thankful because I'm not the angry, miserable person I was at that time. So. Wow. Thank you. That's Jim. Yeah, Jim was on a panel probably uh, five years ago. Easily. It's been a while. It's been a while. I challenged Jim was uh, Jim went through Jumpstart and we were talking about gratitude. We just challenged him to write a letter to somebody, um, and he chose to write to somebody a uh, letter. I have to share it because it's an amazing practice, um, but. Maybe there's a letter you need to write to somebody that you need to forgive. He did that, and um, man, I, he actually shared, he was on a panel here and yeah. shared that story, and there weren't many dry eyes in the, uh, in the audience. So my encouragement to you from Jim is just to, there's probably somebody you need to forgive. There's probably a good letter in your heart that you can write to forgive. So anyway, thank you for sharing that. All right, any, uh, anybody else got something they're grateful for? Nick. Uh, so I'm grateful that I'm part of the Boeing Bible study. Ah. You get to participate in a Bible. You get to participate, but that's awesome. Now, that's a good place to be. That's a good thing to be grateful for. All right, anybody else? Yes, Bob. My team, my employees. Because without them, I can't scale. I can't do what I do. That's awesome. All right, anybody else? I've got one, but I'll share it later. Okay, John. Dan Lewigs. Um, I met Dan Lewigs about nine years when we took booze together. He took me underneath uh, his wing and continues today to bring me to events to add value to my business so I can grow my business. Um, most recently, two weeks ago, um, we sat in, I sat on a presentation from a guy, uh, I can't remember his name, David Brown, I believe, and I learned the wind fly philosophy. So, W-Y-D-F-L-I, when you don't feel like it. Successful people do things when they don't feel like it. We forgive when we don't feel like it. We make the calls when we don't feel like it. We eat right when we don't feel like it. We exercise when, when we, we don't feel like it. So, Dan, thank you. That's awesome. A room filled with gratitude. So, guys, I do want to say it is our last event of the year. So, just thank you. This event has been an amazing, uh, it's been a great year, but um, I didn't practice this part. Um, yeah. So, the, um, 
By the way, Nick, I'm, uh, I'm with you on the Bible study, and this one's uh, from the Bible. It says, on, uh, everything on earth has its own time and its own season. Um, guys, it's been 12 years. And so it's, um, what I want to do is just announce to you that today will actually be our last event. So it's um, a season of life for Brian McRae. For many of you, um, some of you know that, um, and it's actually an exciting season. It's, not bit, it's just bittersweet. The fulfillment that I have gotten from being a part of this community the privilege of being able to stand up here and share things with you and hear the impact that it's having on individuals has been life-changing for me. You in showing up in this room month in and month out has put, one, it fueled me, but number two, it forced me to grow. It forced me to grow. Guys, I had to read more. I, I wanted to read more books. You would ask me, at, uh, you'd ask me 15 years ago, did I love reading? The answer was no. But one of my affirmation was I, I, I learned to love to read. And I started reading books. I met a guy by the name of Michael Mayer, and he encouraged me to start this event. And over 12 years later, we've had well over 20,000 attendees. We've had over 100 different professions attend this event. We've had hundreds of people go through the courses and the training that we've put together. Guys, it's just, it's been an absolute joy and a blessing to be a part of this community. But it is a season. Um, my family's getting a little bit older. My wife and I have always had aspirations of moving a little bit further south. Um, we've bought some property and we're spending more time, um, not in St. Louis. So this event, while it's been a blessing, it's been a great season. And just in reflecting on it, going through some thought and some prayer, um, just the season of life that I'm in, um, it's, time, it's time for the next phase. So I wanted to let you know today that this will be our last event. Um, now that I've been able to say that, I apologize for the tears a little bit earlier, but uh, um, anyway, but um, as, we, as we go through this, um, there's some things that I'm really excited about because when one door opens, another, or when one door closes, another one opens. And the truth of the matter is I'm spending a lot of time with Accelerate. We read a book not long ago called 10X is Better Than 2X. And guys, in that book, it talks about what do you have to let go to expand? And candidly, not being here locally as much any longer, the, the, the things that was required to make this event successful just isn't possible any longer. And there's some new opportunities that are opening that I'm gonna talk to you about because that's what's next. The things, the content that we've covered here, the impact that it's had. Here's a little guy, guy that I grew up about seven miles east of here. Um, so if you'd have told me that a, a, a growing up here, by the way, I didn't graduate from college. So if you'd have told me that I would have had the blessing of standing in front of a room once a month for 12 years, sharing things and people would listen and go implement it and have amazing success like Jim. I mean, what he's built after writing that letter has just been absolutely amazing. Watching Dan and what he's done in building his business. There's so many of you that I would just like to say thank you because the key component of this, what fuels me is implementation. Implementation creates impact. When you guys go out and do something that's uncomfortable and come back and share it, it has fueled me. It's what's forced me to read the next book. It's what's forced me to put the next presentation together. It's what's forced me to get up at 4 a.m. to finish the presentation. That's not a joke. <laughs> Forced accountability. You got people showing up, you gotta be ready. So, but that's just the truth. And guys, as it relates to it, um, the purpose of this event was to connect people and possibilities. And what I would say is, it seems to me, based off of what I have seen in this room and the feedback that I've gotten from you over the years, mission accomplished. Take a look at what's gone on in this room. Look at the relationships that have been built. Look at what's been learned. Look at what you've implemented. And mission's been accomplished. But it's time, and so what's next? There's some things that are going on in my world. Um, 
there's a couple things. I'm really passionate. Um, being able to teach and share things in a selfless way and an authentic way to help people build a business, givers, specifically givers, that want to build a business through relationships is important to me. And I want to help a thousand professionals do it. And whether it doesn't matter what industry you're in, if you're a professional service provider and you want to, and you want to be a giver and you want to grow, build, grow, and scale a business, I want to support you. And it's just time. So not having a monthly event like this is going to free me up to do some other things. I've got 12 years of, of content that needs to be curated. So what's next? Um, we're going to spend some time. Uh, the Jumpstart course, it's, um, if you're in a building phase of business, if you're here for the first time, Jumpstart is a, great, is a great way. Jump into the course, it'll help you build it. I've had some individuals around the country reach out to me and say, Brian, why is this not available? Um, we've been doing it primarily locally. We did record it. We're putting it into a new framework and so that it can, get, um, it, it can be released publicly so people can take it around the country. So that's one. So that's one way we're going to help 1,000 people. Um, around the world. I love it. Around the world. So the next thing, um, I'm going to be starting a, in uh, early next year a pilot program for those that have been through Jumpstart. Because candidly, people go through it. They love the content. But guess what they fail to do? Implement. implement. Jumpstart's good for the knowledge, and some people will implement. Many are going to need the next step. So just went through and had, um, went through the ultimate referral conversation. We unpacked with individuals how to deploy that green light question to grow their business. Amazing feedback from that. That's the stuff that I want to pour into, and that's where the pilot program on the mastery side of things is going to come from. And then the Accelerate boardroom. Where's my accelerators? Just um, raise your hand. Guys, um, I'm really pouring in. These guys watching what they've done. You've heard, you've got Tom. The individuals um, you know, that have been through that program and that are currently in it, I love pouring into them and what they are building and what they are growing. These individuals are scaling their business. So if you're in that phase, I'd love to be working with you if you're interested. Because that's where we want to try to make an impact. And I see the individuals, if you have them raise their hand, whether it's Dave Adams. I mean, Dave went through Jumpstart. I love his story. Here's a guy who was brand new, had been in financial services, decided to get into Medicare. He takes Jumpstart. He implements. Gets over 100 referrals in his first year. Continues to build and grow that then decides to scale, identified a problem. He's an accelerate. He brought it to the boardroom and he said, guys, I got this crazy idea. I think I can put together a piece of software that will save time, effort, and energy for every Medicare professional in the country. He's just launching an SAS company to help people do that. You know, I watch Mike. Um, you know, Mike is building. He came and he was all over the board. By the way, was he all over the board? I'm going to ask his wife. <laughs> so he's dialed in. He's gone from building a business, now he's actually scaling it by doing less, working with less people. Those individuals, if you're interested in spending time around that, that's what the boardroom is all about. So if you're looking to, to grow and scale, accelerate, I'd love to have a conversation with you. So those are the things that I'm going to be working on. And then there's one other one that I'm incredibly excited about. Um, you talk about doing things when you don't want to do it. You know, there's um, five C's of, a, of, of a, any business, and one of them is consistency. Guys, for 12 years, I started showing up here and doing stuff. There was content that was built. We created a course, Jumpstart. I shared it with uh, some folks, uh, some of the leaders at Giftology. I just asked for an opinion. I did that about uh, four years ago. The leaders there, which by the way, we've got John's book up here. John spoke at this event. That's actually how I got in, in relationship with them. And we just kept collaborating back and forth and staying in touch with, um, with one of his leadership teamers. But uh, Mike is his name, Mike Monroe kind of does all the behind the scenes marketing for, for John at Giftology and the, and the team there, which they've got an amazing business. 
but, um, and I've always respected it because they're building a business by helping people be generous. So I love that heart in it. But um, Mike approached me and said, Brian, we got to build something. Your course is amazing and we need some help. So um, early next year, we're looking to do that. By the way, if you're an Accelerate, you've already gotten a sneak peek of that, but that looks to be launching. Um, John and his team, you know, when you, uh, another book that we've read, it's about who, not how. And if you've got the right who's in your world, you don't have to worry about how to do it. Yeah, I want to help a thousand people. Guess what? John and his team, tens of thousands of followers of people that are staunch supporters of the generosity side of things. They just need help building their business so that they can be more generous. So I'm really excited about that opportunity that's coming up. So that'll be a, a nationwide, or by the way, I'll step into it. Mike has got me saying worldwide. It could be, absolutely could be. So, um, but anyway, we're partnering with them um, on some of the things and putting a project together for that. So that'll stay tuned. By the way, if you're involved with the pilot program and the Accelerate Boardroom, Accelerate Board member, you've already gotten a sneak peek at that, um, what they're doing there. Um, so you'll have access to that. But um, but anyway, if you're interested, here's some ways if you're, because um, I won't be back here next month. I won't be here back here in January. I will still be around. There'll be some ways to stay connected. Um, I will have a newsletter that we'll be doing. Uh, we'll be doing some events periodically on the mortgage team. Um, so I'm still relevant, still have the McCray mortgage team. And it wouldn't be possible, uh, candidly, without them, because that, the gratitude extends. I've mentioned many of the people here in this room, but if it wasn't for the McCray mortgage team, where I think Tom has stepped away, but. Rachel and I have been working together for the better part of a decade. Um, Jeff has joined us. I've known Jeff. I met him actually at this event right here. Um, and we've got Michelle who's on our team. If it wasn't for them, I couldn't stand up here and do this. There wouldn't be the capacity. And I've gotten uh, the privilege of working with Don Baumgartner. Don stepped into this event three years ago, four years ago, almost four. Um, and you talk about a God thing. She showed up and said, I'm sp we're supposed to talk. I'm like, okay. So look at what's happened with her obedience. And I just want to say thank you, Dawn. It, what, this event wouldn't be, she helped, she came in about two weeks before COVID hit. How many of you were on our Zoom calls? We've been doing a call once a month, every month for 12 years, whether it's been rain, shine, snowstorm. Snowstorm kicked out John O'Leary, by the way. Uh, we didn't get John, so John came and spoke later via video. But we've had all kinds of things. I don't know that the event would have continued had it not been for Dawn because she stepped in during COVID and we figured out a way to do it on Zoom and continue to try to bless the community by just sharing this information. So, um, so Dawn and the rest of the team, I just want to say thank you. It's been a real privilege. We're still going to continue to work together. I'm not going anywhere in the mortgage space, so we'll still be, I'll be working a little bit more strategically there. So, but I just wanted to let you know what's next. And if you're interested, um, here's some ways to stay in touch. That's the newsletter. So if you want, you can take a picture of that. I'll leave that up on the screen for a little bit. You can just register. Uh, yes, that's a QR code. Yes, I I know, it is a QR code. I, uh, you're more than welcome to take a picture of it. It should open up and you can sign up for the newsletter. Promise to get you some, uh, by the way, I got 12 years worth of content and I could probably sit here and talk for the next day and a half. I'm gonna try to put that in a dialogue where that will engage you on a weekly basis. Um, so feel free to sign up for that. You can take a picture of it. Um, the other one is the Jumpstart Pilot. This is a paid program, um, but I am going to be involved in this immensely. That's going to kick off in January. That event's going to, typically it's going to run about $200 a month. Uh, but this is really for individuals. If you're looking to, if you're just looking to build, start your business, Jumpstart the course, self-paced is probably your best bet. This one though I'm excited about because this is going to be me involved 
in detail doing some group coaching and it's intended to help you take the next step. So we'll be talking about some of the things that I've been really passionate about, some of the content that I've been wanting to share, building an onboarding process that helps you refer out more, it creates a stickiness. So we're gonna be talking about taking the ultimate referral conversation, using the green light question and building your conversation roadmap. I wanna help professionals grow their business through this content. So that's what the pilot program is. If you're interested, by the way, that's not a commitment, but uh, you can sign up and, um, get, and get going there. We've also got the QR codes up here. There's some bonuses we'll give you if you sign up for that pilot program today. By the way, it's $197 um, that it will be out after today. For the community though, it's $147 if you're interested in getting involved in it. Um, and that will be limited to, uh, it'll be a more select. And candidly, it's all about implementation. If you're sitting on the sideline, I'd encourage you if you're looking to implement and grow, that's the next step, because that's the mastery side of things. And I wanna help you master this concept that we're talking about inside of Jumpstart. Not just learn them, because remember, it's about what you know and what you do are two different things. I wanna help you improve your do so that you get better results. And then the last thing um, is, the, uh, the, is the boardroom, the Accelerate boardroom. Guys, we've got a few spaces left in there. Um, that's not for everybody, it's $600 a month. And most people look at it in the context of affordability. I'm just gonna go talk to one of the individuals that's in that. If you think that, there's, that you've got unlimited possibility, that's where Accelerate is for you. If you're gonna focus in on the context of possibility, Accelerate's for you. If it's affordability, and that's where everybody gets caught up. But if you're interested in growing and scaling your business, the boardroom is a great place. There are things that are happening in there. These individuals are growing personally and professionally and doing some amazing things that you wouldn't even believe in. You get that they, they are sharing openly wisdom, resources, contacts, in some cases, finances. They're partnering on the, the, the joint venture stuff that, by the way, it's not a networking group, but networking happens. So it's been an amazing community. So if you're interested, um, we can have a conversation. That little link, by the way, will just take you to um, a couple of questions. Doesn't obligate you to do anything. So, um, so that is, guys, that is the update on what's next for Brian McRae. Um, after the Mastermind Project. So um, please know, it's not the end. It's actually the beginning. I think the possibilities are endless for the people in this room. And I hope you will continue. We've always talked about studying things that matter, practicing things that matter, and sharing things that matter. That's what, we will continue that movement, and um, there will be some ways to do that. Um, but I just wanna say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been a pleasure leading you. Thanks. Thanks, brother. You're welcome. You got a mic for me? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe? You asked if we, were, we had something to be grateful for today and share that, and I asked permission to share mine later, so, or I ah, maybe told you yes. that I would share you it Valen told me. <laughs> Valen told. Uh, so I wanted to wait for the right time, so uh, Brian, thank you for your dedication to St. Louis. You've made a huge impact on so many people for the good. You are living out your mission, and it's a mission that makes the world a better place. Helmus and I did not rehearse that. That was. At the beginning, 
it was like throwing a stone into a still pond, and the ripple effect has continued to grow over time, and now thousands of people are also creating a ripple effect as well. You have grown so much as a leader in every area of your life. You win at work and at home. Your transformation has been awesome to witness. And seeing your willingness to grow, to be vulnerable, and share stories of when you weren't at your best and how you've grown from those experiences have helped others do the same. No one is perfect, but we can all continually strive for perfection. As we talk often in our mastermind community, it matters who you hang around. You'll be the same person you are today, five years from now, except for the <coughs> books you read and the people that you meet. When we first met at the beginning of Mastermind, I thanked you for selflessly sharing information with people that will help them grow, and I encouraged you to keep doing it. And you did, 12 years later, still doing it. And I wanna thank you for selflessly sharing information consistently for over a decade, and I want to encourage you again to continue helping people win at work and win at home with generosity, curiosity, appreciation, and love. I have a challenge for you. I challenge you to continue to study, practice, and teach, and make right. the same impact that you have in St. Louis, in every city in America, and then around the world. <laughs> Eternally grateful, Dan, and the whole Mastermind community. So thank you. Ah. Thanks, Brian. Love you, Ben. Love you too. So, guys, um, I just want to um, honestly, uh, there's so many people to thank, and that will be an endless um, thank. But um, Dan was one of the first, and uh, just um, this is an example. Um, it's a selfless community, and so I would just encourage you when you are feeling down, when you're feeling isolated, there's people. We're built for community. Now, even though we won't be meeting here once a month. You still have relationships. I would encourage you, again, as Dan said, study things, practice things, share things with other people because we're built for community. And you guys can build a relationship-based business and build a community that will absolutely positively change your life. So I just want to say thank you so much. And uh, again, it's been such a privilege, such an honor uh, getting to know people and spend time with people like Dan and, uh, and the rest of this community. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it.